Hey y'all, it's Rachel from Smarter Teaching, here to share a latte and give you all the tools you'll need to work smarter, not harder, in your classroom. Teachers, readers, this summer is kicking my butt almost as much as the school year did. If we are friends in real life, you might know that we're in the middle of a totally wild move, and it's just been really tough for me to prioritize um, tasks. Everything feels like it's on fire and that everything is the most important thing, which obviously isn't true, but it's just made for kind of a stressful month. But I'm really excited to share my book reviews with you from the end of May and beginning of June. And also, guys, I literally just realized that it's not the third Thursday anymore. It's the fourth Thursday. June has four Thursdays this month, this year. That's great. Um, ugh. Because Germany finally loosened their lockdown, that was literally seven months long, and we had our first summer heat wave, um, and we've been in the middle of this move, I only have two reviews for you this month, but they were both really good books, so kind of balances, I guess. Uh, today I'm going to review Anxious People by Frederick Backman and The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Before we jump in, teachers, if you listen to this pod, please make sure that you are taking some time for yourself this summer. This last year was a doozy and I feel like we need, um, not more rest, but like better rest or like better, um, like time away to be recharged and ready for the next school year. Um, so let's jump right in guys. Hot off reading A Man Called Oath, Anxious People came up off of my library waiting list and I was excited to read it because I super loved Oath. I mean, if you listened to my May um, book review podcast, you listened to me basically like express my love for this book for like five minutes. I mean, honestly, when I read Oath, I laughed, I cried. I truly, truly loved A Man Called Ove in a way that I haven't loved a book in a really long time. So I was pretty jazzed to read Anxious People. Um, here is the publisher summary. This is a poignant comedy about a crime that never took place, a would-be bank robber who disappears into thin air and eats extremely anxious strangers who find they have more in common than they ever imagined. Viewing an apartment normally doesn't turn into a life or death situation, but this particular open house becomes just that when a failed bank robber bursts in and takes everyone in the apartment hostage. As the pressure mounts, the eight strangers slowly begin opening up to one another and reveal long hidden truths. As police surround the premises and television channels broadcast the hostage situation live, the tension mounts and even deeper secrets are slowly revealed. Before long, the robber must decide which is the more terrifying prospect, going out to face the police or staying in the apartment with this group of impossible people. Up front, I want to say I really did like this book. I chuckled and a small tear or two escaped my eye. However, this book did not hit it out of the park to me in the same way as Ove. I would have given Ove like seven out of five stars. <laughs> but honestly, for me, Anxious People is more like a solid four to 4.25. Um, I really, really liked it. It just wasn't, like I said, it, it's just not the same book because it's not the same book. <laughs> um, I really liked again I really liked the characters um I thought I loved the characters in Ove and I loved the characters again in Anxious People I feel like they're all um real 
people. Like, you know, sometimes you read a book and you're like, this would never, like, you just have kind of ha- kind of have a hard time buying the characters as actual humans. Uh, when I read books by Frederick Bachman, like I always buy these characters as real people. Um, and one thing that I really found funny about this story is that Bachman routinely changes the point of the story. And this ends that whole, he says openly, like at the beginning, you know, this is a story about XX. And then a little bit later he says, oh, well, this is actually a story about Y. Ultimately, though, I think for, I think that this story is about how one small choice can affect the trajectory of your whole life, which sounds a little bit dramatic, <laughs> um, but I appreciate it because I'm a big like what ifer. I mean, still 15 years out of college, I think about how um, everything in my life or about my life would be different if I had picked a different college, or I sometimes think about how much everything in my life would be different if I hadn't had the balls to move to DC when I was young and dumb and 25. Um, and there, as you read this story, as you read anxious people, you find that several, um, of these characters are connected because of small choices that they had made in the past. Um, I really loved the characters in this story and I loved how essentially such an odd group can come together and initially feel so turned off by one another and then in the end really like come together and connect. Um, And one thing that I really like about this story and also A Man Called Ove um, is that in both of these stories, um, people who don't share any genetic material become like a family. Um, and so that, that's something that to me resonates. I don't think your family is just the people that you share DNA with. I think that your family is anyone who um, supports you, anyone who loves you. Um, and so I appreciate that as like a background theme in his stories as well. Um, I think that if you like realistic fiction, if you like comedies but also to be clear not like a ha 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 comedy kind of more like um like a a darker um like more subtle humor comedy um if you like interconnected stories uh like figuring out how all of the characters fit or know one another then I would definitely recommend this also if you've read other stories by Frederick Bachman and you enjoyed them then I would obviously also recommend um anxious people I um loved this book and I especially loved the ending and if you've been here a while you know how much the how important the ending is to me so I would for me again this book is like a solid four to 4.25 stars I do not think you would regret reading this book um it was a lovely story um and it was it was nice it was it was poignant it was touching and I liked how you can see all of the characters grew, like all of the characters changed a little bit in the story as well. Um, Two solid thumbs up, four stars. I would definitely recommend the book. And the only other book I read this month was The Vanishing Half. Uh, Shock of shocks, if you've been here a while. 
at all. I requested this from the library because it kept popping up in book groups that I'm part of, but I didn't really know what to expect. And I definitely wasn't expecting um, what this book turned out to be, but I did really like it. Here is the publisher's summary. The Vignes twins, twin sisters, will always be identical, but after growing up together in a small southern black community and running away at age 16, it's not just the shape of their daily lives that is different as adults. It's everything. Their families, their communities, their racial identities. Many years later, one sister lives with her black daughter in the same southern town she once tried to escape. The other secretly passes for white, and her white husband knows nothing of her past. Still, even separated by so many miles and just as many lies, the fate of the twins remain intertwined. What will happen to the next generation when their own daughter's storylines intersect? Weaving together multiple strands and generations of this family, from the Deep South to California, from the 1950s to the 1990s, Britt Bennett produces a story that is once a riveting emotional family story and a brilliant exploration of the American history of passing. Looking well beyond issues of race, The Vanishing Half considers the lasting influence of the past as it shapes a person's decisions, desires, and expectations, and explores some of the multiple reasons and realms in which people sometimes feel pulled to live as something other than their origins. As with her best-selling New York Times best-selling debut, The Mothers, Britt Bennett offers an engrossing page-turner about family and relationships that is immersive and provocative, compassionate and wise. So first, I wanted to say that I cannot believe how well Britt Bennett writes about being a twin without herself being a twin. I am not a twin, but I have twins. My children are um, identical twins. And all of the things that she writes about, like the connections, the close closeness, like the, um, like being two pieces of like being a piece of another person. Um, I can see all of that in my own kids. And it was just really wild to me that she was so spot on without being a twin. Um, but that's largely irrelevant to the rest of the book. <laughs> um, I really liked this book. I would, again, go like four to four and a half stars on this. I think the Goodreads average is 4.24. This was also a quick read. Um, I mean, it wasn't quick because it took me two months to read two books, but like <laughs> it wasn't a challenging read. It was, it, it was like fast paced. <laughs> um, I also kept reading more than I had planned because I, I wanted to find out what would happen to these characters next. So in this book, we follow Desiree and Stella, identical twins who are leading really different lives. Um, they run away together from their small town as teenagers and they go to New Orleans. So at first, when they go to New Orleans, they're working together. Um, Stella is fired and is looking for a new job. Um, she has always had like neat handwriting and she can type. Um, so she finds a job as a secretary, which she only gets because she doesn't tell them when she applies that she is not white. If she had disclosed that she was not white, she would not have gotten the job. Um, so she gets the job and then her, um, she and her boss like have a romantic relationship they end up becoming married and like she never discloses that she is not white and then Desiree ultimately moves to Washington DC she's a fingerprint analyst for the FBI and she is married um early in the story she leaves Desiree leaves her abusive husband and returns back to her hometown Mallard with her daughter in tow 
And throughout this book, we just kind of find out how the sisters became separated, what their lives were like after they were, um, after they left each other. And then we also follow their daughters and ultimately see how all four of these women remain connected, even though they are not together. Um, for me, also, this book kind of towed the line of historical and realistic fiction. Um, it begins long enough ago in the 50s to be historical fiction, but I thought it ended more or less present day. Uh, this publisher summary says that it ends in the 90s, but I also always think that things that happened in the 90s happened like five years ago, 10 years ago, and it's actually 30 years ago, so that's like an embarrassing thing that I do all the time. Um so like I said, it's like a little on the line of historical and realistic fiction. Um, in any case, if you are interested in historical fiction, realistic fiction, intergenerational relationships, um, sibling relationships or family relationships, because also we follow their daughters who are cousins, um, I would definitely recommend this book. I really enjoyed it. I routinely read farther than I planned to see what would happen next. Um, I will tell you that there are were some characters I really enjoyed and connected with and some characters that were, I really wasn't, that I just didn't, not like I, I didn't find them believable, but I just didn't like them as people. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed this book. I don't think if, like I said, if your wheelhouse, like if you prefer to read historical fiction, um, realistic fiction, uh, if you like to read about relationships between siblings uh, within families, I really don't think that you'll regret reading this book. Um, it is a New York Times bestseller, and I also believe that it was on a few, um, like I think it was on Barack. Obama's like favorite books of 2020 as well so like if those type of accolades are important to you also then this book this book has been very well received um I don't think that you'll regret reading it if you make that choice Um, I'm really, readers, looking forward to reading more this month than I did in the last month. Um, I am currently reading The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, and if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I cried reading this book yesterday. <laughs> normally, I, normally, well, first, normally I don't cry, um, but if I do, it's usually like the end of a book that gets me, but yesterday, I am not even like halfway in. I was <laughs> eating my lunch and like, ugly crying like real tears like there was snot involved it was not a pretty picture um this book was a slow start for me but like I am down on it now and I just really want to put aside everything else I have to do today and knock out this book but that's not I will regret that if I do that <laughs> um after the four wins I don't have anything coming up from the library so I love to hear suggestions about what I should read next um, you can email me, you can DM me if you follow me on Instagram, which I would love for you to do at smarter teaching, all one word. Um, and before you go, it would be so helpful if you would follow my tiny little pod, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, whatever the other ones are. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at smarter teaching guys, all one word. And I can't wait until next month when I will tell you how I felt about the four wins and whatever else I read. Okay, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, stay cool. Bye.